At Federal, we have products for every season and every pursuit. Our passionate and dedicated teams design, build, and deliver the world's best American-made ammunition, whether you're hunting, target shooting, or defending yourself and family. Our pride and hard work can be found in every box, ammo can, or bottle of ammunition. For us, it's always in season. It's federal season. Welcome to Federal Ammunition's podcast, It's Federal Season. I'm Jason Vanderbrink, President of Federal Ammunition, along with Jason Nash, our Vice President of Marketing. Jason, uh, good to be back and, and talking about something different rather than ammo shortages, as we have uh, been talking about recently. Definitely. So with us today, we have Tom Sega, who is the President and CEO of a great Minnesota company, Duluth Pack, which is America's oldest maker of canvas and leather bags and packs and made right in Duluth, Minnesota. So, Tom, thanks for joining us today. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Jason and Jason. It's the Jason and Jason show today. <laughs> this is awesome. So, thanks so much. And, you know, we've all been really good friends over the years and, and gotten to know each other. And and uh, this is, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. No, uh, great time for both of our industries. Um, you know, at the dark days of uh, the pandemic in March, we've certainly has helped our businesses out as far as people getting outside. Uh, and we see that certainly in the ammunition consumption right now. But um, what have you seen from a participant level in the lanes that you serve, Tom, whether it be canoeing, hiking, camping, shooting, hunting? The the outdoors as a whole in all of those, Jason, are, are have been just phenomenal. Um, in this last year, I think people have have embraced the outdoors again, whatever the outdoors means to them, whether it was the shooting sports or whether it was the canoeing industry or whether it was the hiking industry or the biking industry. I think it was off the charts for everybody when so many industries were really struggling. Some of us were actually having pretty good years and we kind of have to watch what crowds we say that in because, you know, people, some people are really struggling still to this day when, when some of the other industries are doing well, like we said, but we, we had a really weird year up here at Duluth pack for the fact that we were non-essential. And so we were one of the industries that had to close. And that was, that was brutal. Um, I had to lay off all but seven employees one day. And I can tell you, in my 35-year career in business, um, it was the worst and saddest day of my career. And, and I had most of the employees uh, really consoling me as much as me trying to console them that, that we have to do this. We have no choice to do this. And it, it ate at us so badly. And we, we, How do we become essential? What can we do to become essential? And so we pivoted really quickly and some contacts I have in the cut and sew industry, we got together, put our heads together and, and some people worked on production, some worked on supply chain, some worked on literally selling, but we got into the medical industry by, by sewing gowns uh, for the frontline workers. And what that allowed us is within two weeks of shutting down during the middle of the pandemic, we had 100%, in fact, over 100%, we brought back some additional people um, into production to make gowns for the first line workers, which was was pretty cool. 
Um, I wouldn't say it's a it's a profitable entity for someone like us because we had to invest in new equipment because we we have big robust equipment to you know it, it, to to go through leather many layers of leather and stuff and we're trying to sew finer goods. But what it allowed us to do is get people, great people, the people who make it happen at our companies, back on the payroll and not worried about. Can I make the house payment? Can I make the car payment? Can I feed the family? All, you know, send the kids to college. All those things, because they have the same. All of all of our employees have the same issues that we all have when we go home. Uh, we live we live a life away from work, so we pivoted quickly, and that worked out really well. And what we made the decision was to continue on and do that. So all of a sudden, we were able to start making bags again, and then things opened up, and we could open our brick and mortar store back up. Uh, our flagship store in Canal Park here. Um, and so we were making bags, trying to keep up with our bags. And then we're trying to make and, and meet the needs of the medical industry there. And so we've been pushed really hard this last year. And to be honest, we're in a little bit of the same situation as you are, is that our back order list for our manufactured bags and packs, all the canvas and leather stuff, um, it's it's a big back order list. We're we're a couple months out right now, and and uh, on our back orders and trying to literally after the Christmas season fill our distribution center back up, and we're struggling. So that's a good thing. Um, it's problems. It's challenging problems, but I certainly will take those problems over having to to have people unemployed and actually try to to, to hire more people like you all have at Federal through through everything we're all going through. And there is a lot of demand for outdoors goods. So even your, even your, uh, after you got done serving the frontline workers, your core business of packs and in bags and such, you're seeing that demand as well. Much like we, we, sir, we really are. And, and I think there's multiple things to it. I think people in our core base is the United States. Um, even though we do sell internationally, our core base is the United States. And I think a lot of people are no different than me and you. And we're just getting fed up with cheap lookalike imports that are throwaway. And uh, people are embracing the value statements that we've all been talking about. And, you know, Jason Nash's team and, and our marketing team have been talking about value and American made value and, and marketing all of that. And I think it's, it's being heard by people now that we've got to support high quality american-made goods and we will save our money and pay more money for the value we get by spending it here on american-made goods and so i think that is really helping us as well as people are getting fed up and i know i am and i know you fellas are and and i think in general the population isn't saying you know what maybe i can't afford that expensive duluth pack bag right now because we, and we don't apologize for that um, it's a premium bag, and it's one of our core values and and of premium products. And you're going to pay for that, but it also comes with the American-made quality. It also comes with the lifetime guarantee for all craftsmanship and hardware. That's the value statement that we all try to talk about. Um, and it's easy to talk about it. It's tougher to back it up, but we do. And when once people embrace it, and they they get as an example one of our bags and they go you know what this backpack is the best backpack i've ever had and you guys know that you buy a lot of our stuff you've been really kind to us over the years personally and professionally 
I'm buying their stuff. And we've had those conversations that the quality and that value of what you're really spending your hard-earned money on is, is what people are after. Yeah, it's no different than uh, I, what I always tell our team here. Is, you know, why does federal premium ammunition for a box of uh, centerfire ammo cost sixty bucks when you can go buy the same box for twenty bucks? It's it's just the quality of the ammunition. I mean, it's the only part of a bullet that hits the game. So why would you why would you go cheaper on that when it's literally the only part of your five thousand dollar gun and your fifty thousand dollar truck? It's the it's the cheapest part of your adventure. Why wouldn't you want to buy the best? Yeah, and, and people sometimes, and, and I'm guilty of it as well, will we'll complain about it and, and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, if we really look for that value and that quality and what, what it really means and, and, and how much it really does matter, because every, every literally just go down to a, a CCI round of rimfire, and if I buy if I buy one box of shells, it matters because it was made here and it's helping support American jobs and helping support American workers and their families. So, and, and I, I know that because I've been literally pontificating about it for so many years with my own company that I need to live that lifestyle as well and do the exact same thing and seek out those, those brands that are made in America, that have the values that I can support, that are supporting American jobs. And, and, and it just kind of makes a full circle back to what we, we try to market and tell people every day, because we're not just marketing it. It's the truth. That's right. We, in our mission statement, we updated a couple of years ago where we mentioned in our actual mission statement that American manufacturing jobs, ammunition made in America. We have to remember that as this, on our side, you know, as the, if this uh, surge ever slows down, which it, it certainly will at some point, but at the end of the day, we, if you have a choice, you have to go to the American made jobs and American made manufacturing uh, products, just cause that's it. Even if it's going to cost a little more, it's just the right thing to do. It's better quality generally. And uh, we just got to support our own, our own people. We do, you know, and it's not about supporting Jason and Jason and Tom. It's about supporting all the people who actually really make it happen and build this stuff. That's right. You know, they have their mortgages and all their payments that all the rest of us have. We've got to think about them and supporting all of the people because it's our friends, it's our neighbors, it's our brother. It could be our parents that that we're supporting. So it matters. You know, we can go on all day about it. and, And I know we could go on all week about it, but, uh, it, it, it really does matter. And I, I, I hope companies like yours and companies like ours, we really just continue to hammer away at that because when, when people finally get it, it, it is a little bit of an epiphany that, yeah, you know what, my, my expenditure that I'm making right now, I'm going to save my money and actually buy that American made quality and support those American jobs. It matters. Absolutely. It, does. it, it cer- certainly does. We got, Thousands and thousands of people depend on people buying American-made goods. So every day, uh, just like you said, it, you know, we can we can pontificate about it, but it's the families that work for all of our companies that we really have to watch out for. And at the at the same time, they make the best stuff out there as well. You know, it, it, you're you're exactly right. I know that you know you had a YouTube video a few weeks ago about federal because I know there was a lot of things going around on social media about. Oh, you're filling warehouses or you're slowing production down because it's, you know, it's hard to get ammo right now and all this stuff. And when I, I was really happy that you had put that out there because it not only helped your company, I'm 
quite assuming it did because I saw a lot of, of positive response to it that, no, we're actually hiring people, American people, as fast as we can to make more because the demand's there. And it's like that for everyone. And, and people needed to hear, Jason, what you had to say a few weeks ago, because it, it does get tiring for people just on social media platforms to go and beat up on you because it's the easy thing to do is go behind your screen and beat up on on the Federals of the world or the Duluth Packs or anyone else with, with having 5% of the story and, and not really knowing the meat and potatoes behind it. And, and I, was, I was really excited when I saw that, that YouTube that you did a, a few weeks ago to just really say, knock it off. Right. We're making ammo as fast as we can. No different than Duluth Pack. We're making them as fast as we can. In fact, certain people that might be listening to this in the next few weeks, we're making your bag. We're working hard on getting it out the door. The demand is high, and I don't apologize for that. So if people are looking for us to apologize for what we do and the demand upon our products because we're doing the right things, I, I'm, I'm at the point of life that I'm not going to apologize anymore because I'm damn proud of what you guys do, what we do, and all these other American companies that struggle every day. We grab our bootstraps, lace them on tight, go to work, and work really hard to meet the demand that's out there. But in doing so, to never waver from our core values of who we are, and that's making it in America and making premium products and backing them up and all those things. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we've hired thousands of people in the last uh, last 12 months, and, and uh, it, it is an amazing amazing feat for all of our company to, uh, you know, you can't make ammunition, can't hire you today and make ammunition tomorrow. So sometimes that, that ramp up, we, you know, I think to your point, we just had to kind of go on the offense a little bit, which we normally historically haven't done. Um, but, uh, we had to back up our workforce and just lay out the facts because I think sometimes it can get, uh, misconstrued and obviously being a public company, you know, we want, we want, and we do ship everything we can get as fast as we can because we, we need the uh, revenue and everything. So it was kind of, it's, it's just funny how some of those rumors start out there on social media. So we thought it was probably the, the right time to do, do what we did. And we glad that we're glad that we did do that. I, I'm very happy to you. You had the guts to do what maybe a bunch of us didn't have the guts to do. So that was pretty cool. And, and I was, I was really happy you did that. And, and you're, to be honest, you were standing for a lot more than just uh, your own employees or you're standing for employees that that work for, you know, American manufacturing as a whole, because we're not the only two companies out there that um, are pushed really hard and, and have a lot of back orders and the lead times. Uh, I mean, if people only knew out there, Jason, how uncomfortable we all are having a back order list, we would like to be able to fulfill every single one of these orders. It's just not reality. And every day we go to work, we just, we just have to live in reality and do what we can today. And tomorrow's a new day. Absolutely. And in, in the video did one more thing is it was living proof that, uh, I have a face for radio. <laughs> that's why, that's why we're not doing a zoom right now. You know, people would have definitely uh, turned their screens off real quick. They put you and me back to back here. It'd be a, I think off our foreheads, there'd be a lot of shine that we'd be able to see very well. <laughs> Tom, another really positive story that both of our brands have to tell, as Jason Nash here, is is the longevity. I mean, we've got, right now, demand is high. And, and for people who don't have packs on, on back order right now, you know, our company's approaching a century. Uh, next year, we'll be 100 years old. Duluth is well over. Duluth pack's well over a century, 140 years. Tell us a little bit about, you know, especially on the eve of Boundary Waters permits. 
uh, opening up. I've got a little tickler on my calendar to, to grab one. Um, what's the evolution of the Duluth Pack brand? Where did it start? And, and you know, wh- what's the future for it? Great question, Jason. Um, so there's this guy from uh, Montreal, Canada named Camille Poyer. This guy was a, a serial entrepreneur back in the 1860s and 70s. And he bounced between Montreal and, and uh, upstate New York on a few ventures that he did. And then he did some research and found that Duluth, Minnesota, of all places, per capita, was the wealthiest city in the United States of America really? back in the, the 1870s. And the reason it was, it totally makes sense when you hear the story. It's because of the all the lumber magnets from northern Minnesota lived in Duluth. The shipping magnets, where they were shipping the lumber out of here, lived in Duluth. The iron mines were all firing up and, and really raging up on the Iron Range. All the, the owners and the magnets from those companies lived in Duluth. And then how did they move all these products was rail. And so the rail was huge up here because there weren't a ton of roads at the time. And so all the magnets, the owners of the rail companies lived in Duluth. So if you go up and down Lake Superior, the shore uh, on the east side of Duluth there, there's nothing but mansion after mansion after mansion. And these guys were, were crazy wealthy that lived up in Duluth here for those four reasons. And so Camille Poyer was smart enough to go, well, that's a heck of a lot of industry. What do I do for a living? I'm a bootmaker. That's what he was. So he literally took a train to New York, took a train from New York to Minneapolis, took a stagecoach from Minneapolis to the Hinkley area, about halfway to Duluth from the Twin Cities. And from there, there was a trail and he walked to Duluth with all this stuff. And he started his business. And he started his first boot, boot business. And he was a widower with two or three little kids. And he left them back in Montreal at the time. <clears throat> he then, fast forward, he, he brought them all here. His boot business was going crazy. Because it was the 1870s, yeah, they heated it with wood. His first boot business burns down. He rebuilds it across the street, right on, on Superior Street here, downtown Duluth, and starts a second boot business. While he's in that business, he gets commissioned from the rail companies hey you're a cut and sew shop can you make us a canvas pack for our guys who are going to be out shooting all the lines in the rail that are going to be out in the woods for several weeks to months and they got to have everything that they need on their back so he made the original duluth pack um and patented it and so we really consider that our starting day it was it was called the poyer pack and it was december 12th of 1882 and that's today, it's literally our number two canoe pack is really? what it is. Yeah, we've kept it. It's pretty cool. And from there, he, he got really busy making packs for different industries and whatnot um, up until 1911. And then there was five brothers who owned Duluth Tent and Awning Company. And Camille Poyer sold the pack part of his business to the Alveson brothers in 1911. And they were already working out of the shop that we're in today on, on West Superior Street. And we've actually been making all the bags in that same shop since that day, 1911. Pretty cool. That is way cool. And from there, you know, I mean, the, the country went through from 1911 on. I mean, the look back is kind of funny. It's, it's, it's older than the polio vaccine and polio. It made it through yellow fever. It made it through World War I, World War II. All of these, you know, the pandemic now, 
we've survived a heck of a lot of stuff. It's pretty cool when you look back and go, wow, there's a lot of things going on. But during the Great Depression, nobody could afford anything. So uh, Duluth Pack at that time to survive went into make doing repairs and uh, they survived on, on just literally doing repairs. And once they made it out of there, they, they, and things were doing really well after the, the Great Depression. Um, people were starting to travel and they're like, can you make me a duffel? Can you make me a bag like this, like that? And that's where they really expanded out from the original canoe pack styles to making bigger and, and more, more uh, unique canoe packs because people were starting to go up in what's now called the Boundary Waters Canoe Area. Um, people were going up there on vacations. People were starting to camp and whatnot. And we made the original car camper. I don't know if people know that. It, it actually oh, hung really? over the it hung over the window wells of a model yeah. P. And then there was a there was a big huge canvas tent in it with poles and everything, and it folded off and it hung off the side of a model T car. It was kind of the original car camper. Um we have we actually have a couple of them. It's pretty cool. Um but then as evolution went with the company, you know, people were going, this is really, really great stuff. Um, can you make me this? Can you make me that? Can you make me a gun case? People think that we just started making gun cases, you know, in the last five years. I mean, to be honest, when we'd launch a new uh, line of shooting sports stuff, I'd have all kinds of haters hating on us and hating on me and all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, 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 where have you been? <laughs> We've been making gun cases for a hundred years. And, uh, and so, it was the customers and it still is today. That's why we've gone from, you know, 15 years ago when I came here, we had about 110 different styles of bags and we're three, 325 different styles of bags we make now. And it's the customers. They go, I love your stuff. If you made this, I buy it. And after you hear that a few times, we always look at it and go, you know, it's just cut and sew. I mean, it's, it's difficult, but it's not that difficult. And people are asking for it. And there's a need. What the heck? Let's let's give it a a shot and swing the bat and see if we can you know fulfill their needs and away we go. That's great. Yeah, I, I went to school in Duluth and and I'm very familiar with the brand. But that's right. I mean, I I always associated it with canoeing and didn't realize that rich history of of making bags for guns. And but I think one of the things that you've done really well, Tom, is brought that shooting sports enthusiast to your brand and said, "Look, we have a solution for you." Um, Talk a little bit about about the gun cases and and I mean there's so many people out there now who are interested in personal protection and uh, and shooting just in general for fun. Absolutely. So it's 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 interesting. So you know as I mentioned, we're, we made long gun cases forever, and they're 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 just the best. And that's one of the reasons that I actually got to this company. And I can get into that a little bit later because it's kind of unique because. You know, I wasn't looking for a job or anything. I just fell in love with the Duluth Pack brand. And it's like, I have got to own this company. And literally, I kind of bullied my way in. But to get back to the shooting sports, part of it is, what for me, I can tell you that that I owned, I believe, four different Duluth Pack gun cases before I came to this company. And at that time, I even though I had been going to the Boundary Waters and whatnot, I was I didn't have any money. So I was you know, cobbling together any bag I had to anything, an old army bag to throw in a canoe. And so when I came here 15 years ago, I didn't own a Duluth pack, you know, canoe pack. I own a bunch of them now, but I didn't back then. And, um, but the, the, you know, an example, the gun cases are people who, who really wanted something quality because there's so many cheap, 
foreign made gun cases on the I was just tired of them. I, I, I was an avid waterfowler and I'd be out in the marsh, out in the blind, and you grab your zipper and and you break your zipper off. And that's the number one thing. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. And so I said, I'm sick and tired of buying junk. And so I started <laughs> buying Duluth Pack gun cases. And uh, that was my first real voyage into Duluth Pack. And I'm like, this stuff's great. Um, so I had several long gun cases. I bought, I bought some shotguns and then I bought some rifle cases. But when we when I came here, I was like, whoa, whoa, there's a big market out there for it. What about pistol rugs? The, the handgun guys are are looking for some quality stuff as well. And we started making the pistol rugs and they took off for us. And then it's like, you know, guys, more and more people are going to an actual range now versus just going out in the gravel pit and shooting and and they need a range bag. And we went to ammo bags and range bags and and different accessories. And then with the the whole conceal and carry uh, the women started asking us about purses. Can you could you please build some some conceal and carry purses? And so we did that, and uh, boy, did it take off! The, the the women loved it, and obviously, we know that's the you know fastest growing population of handgunners is women right now with with conceal and carry and whatnot. And it was funny because we launched that, and then the guys are like, "Whoa." Where's the love for us? You know, we bring briefcases to work every day. How about a conceal and carry briefcase of some type? And so we're actually, uh, we have one right now. Um, and we're working on some other styles as we go right now for more of a go-to-work briefcase with the conceal and carry for people who have their permits and whatnot. And, and again, it's, it's, it's loyal customers just saying, listen, if you made this, I'd buy it. And after you hear it a few times, it's like, we need to act upon this because there's it's showing that there's a market out there and we'll get the you know our marketing team involved and and they'll do some some market research without turning it into a, a thesis is 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 there really a market here should we spend the time making the prototypes because from literal conception to launch of a product for us is minimum of a year but pushing two years and you guys get it with your your stuff's even more difficult because you have to you know, change tooling and whatnot. Well, it's it's somewhat the same for us. We have to change techniques and and what we do and how we make it and on new products. So we're we're out there a ways. So that's how the evolution of of the shooting sports for us in in all the different shooting bags. And now we're making chaps. We make the 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 best dang chaps for the upland game hunters that there are out there. Um and uh and and people are just loving that. And it's lit. To your customers, I always like to say our customers are the smartest people we know. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. You guys have done a really nice job of you know keeping that brand alive and making it vibrant. Uh, everybody loves Duluth Pack. I think before we let you go, we do have to ask about. You've got a great story about your briefcase. Uh, speaking <laughs> of briefcases, so. So I came to Duluth Pack because I fell in love with this brand, but I fell in love with this brand. Um, and actually, the, I don't think the gun case was the first purchase. I think it was my briefcase because my briefcase is 28 years old. So my career, the first 20 some years of my career before I came here, I used to I was considered what you call a road warrior, um, like some of your salesmen. And uh, and I was on the road 25 to 30 weeks a year. And when you're traveling that much you're beating the living tar out of your your bags and your backpack and your briefcase and everything else so i uh i uh 
the first, I had a bad experience in the old, for all of us old guys who used to travel many years ago, the old Detroit airport, the one where you yeah. could reach up and touch yeah. the ceiling. Yes. And had all the clover leaves. Absolutely. The end. And, and I remember very succinctly where I was. I was in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a Friday night. I've been gone all week and I'm doing everything I can to get home as fast as I can on a Friday night. And so I was running as fast as I can through the old Detroit airport and the handle broke off about a six month old leather briefcase of mine. And when I hit the ground, the zipper broke and my stuff went flying everywhere. <laughs> then, yeah, you, you know, yeah. Okay. I was a few kind words for my briefcase and a couple people I remember helped and said, let me help you pick this stuff up. Cause it went everywhere. And I, I don't remember if I made the flight or not, but what I remember is telling the story about this, that I was sick and tired of replacing expensive briefcases every six months to a year and, you know, leather briefcases and whatnot. And somebody said, well, you got to go to the Duluth Pack store. They build this great stuff and it'll last you forever. And I bought the briefcase. It's actually sitting right behind me right now. And that's 28 years old. And I literally use that briefcase every day. And it's 28 years old. It has been every dang part of this planet that I've been, which is a lot of them. Uh, there's a long old store. I was in a plane crash back in 1992, September. And oh, that bag survived a plane crash with me. And that's another day story. But it's uh, it's been everywhere. And I have beat it up and abused it and everything. And it just hangs in. It's still the original zipper. And it's funny because, you know, I, I see you guys at a ton of trade shows and, and we do some other ones that, that you guys, you know, different markets that you're not in. And people see my briefcase and they literally are like, hey, can I buy that briefcase from you? Because you did all the work of breaking it in and beating it up. And it looks really, really good now instead of a freshie, you know? And I'm like, I'll tell you what. That briefcase, well, you could offer me a lot of money and that briefcase isn't going anywhere. And part of that is the whole ambiance on our brand. And we hear this from our customers. And I'm just, I was a customer of the company long before I owned it. And, and it was it was the stories, the memories, all that stuff that you get. And it's like, you know, fishing and hunting and all those things where so many people think we're just out to catch fish or shoot an animal. It's no, it's all about the family time or the friend time or the memories that you're building and stuff. Our bags do the same thing. We hear that from customers who send them in for repairs and it's like, Whoa, this one is really beat up. Um, you sure you don't want to replace it? And they're like, not a chance. You would not believe the stories I carry with that bag. I want that bag repaired. That's kind of the ambiance behind a brand like ours that makes it unique, makes it different. And and adds even additional value to it that when you carry that bag that long, I don't care if it's your canoe pack, I don't care if it's your briefcase or your piece of luggage or your gun case or or a woman's purse. We hear the stories all the same. It's the stories, you know, the people who bought the Metrodome bags that we made out of the roof of the Metrodome that fell down, the Domer series, the stories. And it was the stories they actually had with the Metrodome before they bought the bag. It's like, I got to have one of those because, hey, I went to, you know, the Rolling Stones concert in the Metrodome. It's all about that and the memories and the stories. And uh, that bag, you asked about my bag in specific. I wouldn't ever sell it. Someday it'll have to go in the, the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Shame, whichever we want to call it up here. 
Um, but that bag will probably end up there someday because it definitely looks used and abused, but it's funny because people ask me about it in my travels quite frequently. Did you ever make a bag out of the Homer hankies? <laughs> um, we actually, no, we didn't, but, um, we had a Homer hanky. I have to re- recall how this went. It, it was all around the project of the Domer bag. Um, gosh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but we did have a Homer hanky, uh, whether it went in a bag or it was part of something that was getting shadow boxed with a bag. Um, I, I can't remember the story, but, uh, we, there was a Homer hanky in all some way, shape or form back in the day, but yeah, that was a, that was a pretty fun project when we got that phone call saying, Hey, could you make some bags out of the Metrodome roof? Uh, two guys acquired all the material when it fell and didn't have a clue what to do with it. And just started making some phone calls, figuring, you know what? It would be sad to see it go in the landfill. There's got to be some value here. What can we do with it? And we ended up making bags. And the, the, the greatest part of that whole story is we made a limited number of styles we didn't make all of ours i think we made maybe maybe 10 styles of bags out of the domer roof uh the dome roof but um people were were like you know what if i wait six months and i'm like there was only so much dome roof there when it's gone it's gone (laughs) they're not making any more dome roof (laughs) and so people were buying it just for the memories they had and it could have been people that were there when the twins won the the World Series those two years in the dome, or you know uh, the guys were at a monster truck rally. Um, just all kinds of crazy, crazy stories that people were telling us why they had to have a bag that was made out of the Metrodome roof. That's cool. Well, Tom, hey, we we really appreciate you coming on the It's Federal Season podcast. You know, we we've got some great products of yours on our site and. People want to find out more about Duluth Pack and its great history, DuluthPack.com. Um, really great pleasure to have you here and, and to talk with you. We look forward to seeing you soon. Jason and Jason, I miss seeing you guys. I've really become good friends, and, and uh, we all got to keep just out there telling people that buying in America it matters. It, it matters to families. It matters to your friends, your family, your loved ones. And, uh, we, you know, we have to do our part together to just keep telling those stories. So thank you for all you've done to support us and, and be good to us over the years. Appreciate it. Take care, everybody. All thank right. you much for listening. See you, Tom. Bye-bye. After this break, we'll take a quick look back at 2020 and some of the great achievements in a year filled with challenges. Meet the industry's widest variety of game-changing ammunition. However you shoot and whatever you hunt, fortune favors the prepared. And nothing prepares you better than Federal Premium. It's a gold standard advantage delivered directly from the experts in premium ammunition. Find your Federal Premium Advantage today. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and our technology segment, Tech Talk. Welcome back to the It's Federal Season podcast and the Tech Talk segment. I'm Jason Nash, VP of Marketing. And I'm here with Brian Calvington, media director. Hey, Jason. 2020 was quite the year for our, the ammunition market, wasn't it? Absolutely. We started out with a great shot show and unveiling of some truly innovative products that received some prestigious uh, industry recognition. And so let's start off talking about Terminal Ascent. You know, we know it had a great sales year, 
um, exceeded um, our forecast and also garnered some great praise from the media. Let's talk about that particular product, Jason. Yeah, it's really the best all-around hunting bullet. We've talked about it a lot um, on the podcast and in videos. And in fact, uh, a previous guest and uh, show we sponsor, Nick Hoffman from Nick's Wild Ride, just sent us a highlight reel of all the trophy animals he shot with Terminal Ascent. It's accurate. It's it's devastating at long range, and it's got great terminal performance. So uh, the friends, our friends at the NRA and the American Rifleman gave that product a golden bullseye for ammunition product of the year, um, which was fantastic. We're truly honored that that product, uh, because we feel it's definitely deserving, um, got that achievement. And Jason, that's quite the accolade from a very reputable um, publication that millions of members of the NRA read uh, monthly. Yeah, absolutely. All of these magazines in our industry, those those awards are very coveted. We take them seriously, and uh, it's really a an, an competition for us uh, with the other manufacturers to see who can improve their metal. And additionally, the industry uh, publication's shooting sports retailer named Terminal Ascent its Editor's Choice Award as well. The next big innovation was the launch of Firestick, a truly innovative product for the muzzleloader, and it racked up a ton of awards. Yeah, NRA's American Hunter, again the NRA, anointed it uh, along with Tradition's Nitro Fire Muzzleloader uh, as Muzzleloader of the Year. And without that gun, we weren't able to launch the product. So they were a fantastic partner of ours. And um, Guns and Ammo, another great publication in the industry, also made it their Innovation of the Year uh, along with Field and Stream, which awarded it with the Editor's Best of the Best designation. And we've got product line manager Dan Compton with us right now who helped launch that product. Dan, give us some features and benefits of the Fire Stick. The, the great thing about the Fire Stick is it takes a, a process of muzzle loading, which can be kind of intimidating to people and uh, a little bit cumbersome. And it really streamlines how you load and shoot your firearm. So in a historic firearm, you put your bullet down the barrel, you put your powder down the barrel. I'm sorry, you put your bullet down the barrel. You got to pre-measure that out or buy different powder charges. It's very susceptible to moisture in the elements. And with the fire stick, we've taken the powder, put it in an encapsulated charge. So now you still load your bullet down the barrel, but you charge from the rear. And that encapsulated powder charge keeps your powder dry. So it's almost always going to go off. And you just need your three things to load your gun. A bullet, a fire stick, and the primer from the back, and you're ready to go. So a lot less barriers to entry. Um, we load the powder just like we've been loading shotgun shells for years and years here. So very consistent shot to shot performance. So safer, cleaner, and uh, easier to use. And we mentioned traditions. We had a couple other partners on that uh, launch also. Yeah, traditions have been great to work with. And when we first uh, reached out to a company, they were, they were on board from, from the get-go and saw the benefits that, you know, this truly could be the future of muzzle loading going forward. And, and uh, now available in 15 states. Yes. Uh, and, and on our site, you can look for additional information on which states are allowing people to use those during the muzzleloader season. And I know there's anticipation that number is going to grow prior to hunting seasons next year as our conservation team and, uh, and government relations teams are working on with the different wildlife agencies across the country. Yeah. And we've got on uh, the market now, we've got two you know, grain equivalents. We have 120 grain and 100 grain equivalents, similar to what you've charged before. And launching for 2021, we'll adding uh, 80 grain to that as well. So a little bit lower recoil, but some bullets drive better with lower powder charges and some drive better with heavier. So we're going to have a little bit of something for everybody. And then Dan, um, another one that 
your team launched is uh, Force X2. This product was designed for the ultimate self-defense from a shotgun and uh, the NASGW and Industry uh, Award, along with uh, POMA, Professional Outdoor Media's Association, um, awarded it with a Best Ammunition Award, uh, what they call their Caliber Award. So it's really high praise from the industry. Tell us a little bit about what that product is. So the Force X2 copper-plated buckshot that is designed on impact to break into two pieces. So if you think you got a nine-pellet buckshot load, nine pellets, 18 wound channels. So you're still coming with a ton of power. Um, Buckshot's been a, uh, whether it's, Buckshot's been used for personal defense from the beginning of time. There's lots of debates about whether it's too much power or not. You, had, you do have a lot of risk of overpenetration through your target and beyond. So we looked at it and said, well, what if we can maximize the wound channels and minimize a little bit of that potential collateral damage in other rooms and beyond, and that's where it came from. So you're taking your average penetration, 12 to 14 inches, in a target very similar to handgun ballistics. So in a way, we tried to make nine little handgun bullets coming out of one you know, shotgun shell, and I think we succeeded. Excellent, Dan. Thank you. Um, other winners uh, from Predator Extreme, we were given the Reader's Award to Federal for their shot shell ammunition. Uh, it was gold designation, as well as our rimfire ammunition was a gold designation for CCI. A few other uh, Editor's Choice Awards included Punch from Concealed Carry Magazine, Burger Hybrid Hunter from On Target Magazine, CCI's Clean 22 from On Target Magazine, and Prairie Storm FS Lead in 16 and 28 gauge from Peterson's Hunting. Finally, Southwick Associates designated CCI Blazer as the top handgun ammunition brand and Federal for its top rifle ammunition brand. So truly great year. A lot of honors for us. We're, we're truly humbled and appreciate all the, the accolades we re- received. Yeah, quite a year for us, Jason. Proud to be part of this Federal family. And up next, our news and notes section of the It's Federal Season podcast. We'll share what's making headlines at Federal, including hot promotions on our gear and products. There's a time and a place for every season. This is that time, and these are those special places. When preparation gives way to anticipation, rituals, and traditions. Friends, family, forever. This is what you live for. It's time to celebrate the annual tradition like no other. It's federal season. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and the news and notes segment. The federal website is a great resource for up-to-date promotions. Go to federalpremium.com promotions for all current rebates and promotions from federal ammunition. One of the great promotions running right now is our save and strut rebate offering. Buy any federal premium turkey shot shell ammunition to get up to a $20 rebate. Choose to keep the rebate or donate it to the National Wild Turkey Federation. If you donate that rebate, as a thank you bonus, earn a free Onyx Hunt one-month premium membership redemption code when you elect to donate a minimum of $6 or more. The promotion opened on February 1, and it runs through May 31st. Some exclusions do apply. Our next podcast is set for release on April 8, 2021. 
We will have a great conversation with federal ambassadors and TV hosts Lee and Tiffany Lakoski to talk about their popular television show and set you up for turkey season. If you like the It's Federal Season podcast, be sure to let us know by filling out a rating and review on iTunes. And remember, for us, it's always in season. It's Federal Season.